The Commands of the Apostles, number 64. Don't be suspicious. This is one of those commands listed in Appendix 2 as an implied command, which we infer from the actual words. What Paul says in 1 Timothy 6.4 is, If anyone teaches otherwise, he knows nothing. He has a morbid craving for base suspicions. The passage is lengthy and lists other attributes of those whom Paul says know nothing. Such many tirades against those whom Paul judges to be false teachers are common in his writings. Sometimes we have to take these with a grain of salt. In other instances, however, we pull important truths out of such passages. This is one of those. The attributes Paul enumerates here to be avoided are notable because we find so many of them prevalent in the church. Craving for controversy, dissension, envy, wrangling, disputes about words. It sounds like our last home Bible study. Among these cancerous tendencies is the curious poisoner of relationship, suspicion. It is a poison as lethal as gossip and intrinsically related. Paul states it in slightly different terms in 1 Corinthians 13.6. Love does not rejoice at wrong. This exactly describes the root of suspicion, relishing in someone else's wrongdoing. When was the last time you were privy to gossip about someone in your church or circle of friends concerning something honorable? We don't gossip about the good. We gossip about the low and unseemly. That's why Paul calls them base suspicions, because suspicions are always low. No one spreads rumors and suspicions about acts of Christ-likeness. Those suspicions that feed the cancer most vigorously are those we nurture and enjoy. Nothing is more delightful than sharing them with another set of itchy ears. Yet suspicion ruins relationship. Even if completely untrue, when we allow suspicion to take root, it sows seeds of mistrust, secrecy, dishonor. Our relational gardens fill with weeds rather than flowers. Suspicion eats away at the fabric of relationships. Many friendships are destroyed by the tiniest of suspicions that one of the individuals allows to take hold. About a year ago, a friend of many years told me a secret about another friend of even longer duration. A man recently passed away, whom I had admired above nearly all men, and whom I knew on a far more intimate basis than my gossip-peddling friend. It was a terrible secret, with far-reaching implications. I was stunned, but also offended that she had spoken with seeming knowledge about an incident from forty years before about which she had no first-hand information. What she passed on to me was little more than hearsay. I then had a choice. I could embrace, harbor, and receive the revelation, and thus allow it to be planted in my mind as a base suspicion. Had I done so, 
it would have poisoned one of the important relationships of my spiritual life. I chose instead to reject it. I chose to disbelieve the gossip as a lie of the enemy. Having been closely involved with the principal players in the incident related, I had compelling reasons for believing it exactly that, a lie. And that's where it stands. I harbor no suspicion about my late friend. He stands as highly in my memory as ever, a man of God whom I honor. But what, it may be argued, if it is true? Some suspicions are indeed true, of course. Yet I am wary of inserting myself into areas that are none of my business. This is none of my business, nor the business of the one who relayed the information. In my opinion, she sinned against the man involved and against me. Her sin was not for being wrong, but for engaging in gossip that was none of her business. She let a loose tongue spread a base rumor. The truth or falsehood of the thing is in God's hands, to deal appropriately with, as need be. I am commanded to honor all men, and to reject gossip and suspicion. Don't yield to suspicious thoughts, or allow suspicions to fester. If anyone teaches otherwise, he knows nothing. He has a morbid craving for base suspicions. 1 Timothy 6.4 Love does not rejoice at wrong, but rejoices in the right. 1 Corinthians 13.6 Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Philippians 4.8 From the Commands of the Apostles by Michael Phillips Read by Michael Kimball More information on this and similar writings may be found at fatheroftheinklings.com Visit Amazon to purchase the commands of the Apostles and other books by Michael Phillips.